This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch. This is episode 282-282 of the Shattered Soulstone, Shades of the Nephilim. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulstonebooks2020. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, tablet, or phone. Today is November 7th, 2020, and today was a very good day, and this is Jen. So I'm going to start off with my week in gaming, like I do. And I didn't get very far, but I did make some progress. I'm hoping to play some more after I'm done recording this episode and getting all the stuff around it finished and sent off and all that jazz. So I tried again to get into the PTR, I got the same pop-up as before, after doing that I realized the PTR was over, and that's why it wasn't letting me in at this point, but basically I never got into the PTR despite trying over and over again, so that's the status with that, that's all over and done with. So after that I started playing Diablo 3, I started this week at Paragon 33, and I'm still working my way through Chapter 4 of the season journey. I didn't have a lot of time to play this season, so I'm just hoping to finish chapter four, and that'll be good enough for me for this time. So what I did was I started working on the Sticky Fingers objective, where you have to kill Gome at Torment 2 or higher. I hadn't even tried Torment 2 with the Hardcore Barbarian I'm playing this season, so it was kind of a gamble. So I moved the difficulty from Torment 1 to Torment 2 and hope for the best. Some of what I'm using, there's, um, I have an ancient belt that's called Chalank's Chain. It gives you advantage when you use Warcry, so I made sure to switch out Ground Stomp for Warcry so that I could get advantage from Chalank's Chain belt. You know, it's always a good idea to swap out your skills just before playing through a difficulty that you haven't even tried this season, right? That's always good in hardcore. Yeah, uh uh-huh. So I did it anyway. And it took about three minutes to kill Gome on Torment 2, so I got the Sticky Fingers objective done. The next thing I did was try to Torment 2 Nephilim Rift in the hopes of getting some greater Rift keys and more Paragon points. It took about 20 minutes to complete a Nephilim Rift on Torment 2, with 33 Paragon, four pieces of the freebie set, which is Might of the Earth for Barbarians, and I think I was still using some pieces of the Demon Skin set that gives you advantage in killing demons, specifically titled as demons. It was slow. It took a long time. It took a lot longer than I wanted it to, and I was starting to think that I wasn't going to be able to finish this 
part of the season journey at all if my barbarian doesn't grow or get better gear pretty quick. So when I finished the Nephilim Rift, finally, after 20 minutes, I got the Rift Wrath achievement for finishing a Torment 2 Nephilim Rift. I think I've gotten three of those achievements this season. I usually get more of these, but this season has been what this season has been for me, and that's where I was at at that time. I got my second Ancient of Season 21 in the, a Torment 1 Nephilim Rift. It's Morix Brace. It's a bracer. Wrath of the Berserker gains the effect of every rune. And then I ended at Paragon 36 when I was playing that time, but I came back when I had time again, starting at Paragon 36. The game was really blurry for some reason, and it wouldn't open up to the proper size when I hit full screen. It's weird. It's never done this to me the entire season, and even before the season. I've never had this happen. I don't know what changed. I didn't have, like, a computer update or anything like that but it was super blurry and I couldn't figure out why. And so usually what I do is I've been recording my gameplay. I release them as a podcast. They eventually end up on YouTube. And all I do is I, you know, open the Diablo uh, Battle.net thing and I click play and Diablo game opens and it's all good. And I start my recording software for that so I can get a video. And it generally works just fine in game. I have had trouble with the software, but that's been fixed. So. I don't know what did this, and so you start out with, I usually start out, I'm in like windowed mode, so I can access the recording software and, you know, hit record, and then I change it to full screen. Now, changing it to full screen, for some reason, stuck it into a little tiny square, well, I guess kind of a rectangle, that would fit on a phone. It was that small, and obviously you can't play Diablo 3 on a screen that small when you're like on a computer and you have this whole screen to work with it was annoying. So I eventually figured out how to stretch out the screen. I don't know what caused it. I'm hoping when I log in again, it'll be better. But that's where I was at. So I'm sure I have a slightly blurry video. But the gameplay during this time when I was playing was actually quite fun. So I started doing some more Greater Rifts. I'd done some Greater Rifts and leveling up gems. I ran a Greater Rift level 8, which is, I think, Master Difficulty. Ended with 37 Paragon points, so I got one more out of that. Then I ran out of the Greater Rift key, so I did a Nephilim Rift on Torment 2, and it turned out to be a Cow Rift, which are so much fun, and I found myself laughing my way through it because I just love the Cow Rift and how silly it is, and it was just... It was a little bit of fun and lightheartedness in a game that can be dark at times and stressful at times, you know, just like the real world. So I did the cow rift and I noticed for the first time that the music that plays is kind of twangy and has kind of a banjo thing going through it. I never noticed that before. I don't know if it's new, but I never noticed it before. And this is the part where you're fighting cows. You know, they're standing on their two feet with like pikes or something and they're coming after you. And the center of the, well, maybe not the center, but somewhere in the dungeon, there's a setup that looks like the jar of souls, either bounty or events or whatever they're calling it depending on how you're playing that part where there's four doors that look like gates you go in one the other three are locked and you can't really get out until you finish the event in the middle of course is a little podium with a jar on it and you have to break it to start the event so what i did was i went in and i found inside was a treasure goblin <laughs> I think I might have chased him into it. 
And so he was stuck in there with me. He wasn't getting out either. It was an odious collector, and I chased it around there as it dropped everything. And, you know, veiled crystals, arcane dust, reusable parts, all that stuff. I got some death's breaths out of it. And because he could not escape, I, was man I managed to kill that one. And then I was ready to fight the Cow King. And that's what happens if you've never had one of these rifts. You smash what would be the Jar of Souls in the other event. This is just based on it, like, as far as mechanics and uh, visuals. And the ghost of the Cow King rises up through the floor and gives you these terrible, wonderful puns to listen to. And then, instead of spawning skeletons like Jar of Souls, he spawns a whole bunch of cows like you've been fighting, and they're all, like, sort of ghost-looking. And when you get through enough of them, the cow princess appears, and she is a gold monster. And you keep fighting, just like you do in Jar of Souls, until you've gotten them all, and and then you're done. And the health globes in this area and throughout a cow rift are shaped like stakes, like floating little stakes that are spinning around, which is kind of amusing. The cow king returns, and he congratulates you and says, now I'm bored again, and then sinks back into the floor and all the doors open and you can move on. And so I continued on. I found a treasure goblin that I killed because I can't help myself. I must chase all the treasure goblins. It's just how I've always played Diablo 3. So I did that, ran it into a corner, and my barbarian and the Templar got behind the treasure goblin and killed it because it had nowhere to go again, which seems to be the best way to get the treasure goblin is to trap him. So that's what I did, and then I got into another rift level in a Nephilim rift, and there was another treasure goblin to chase and kill. You know, I was chasing it through the cow levels and things like that. When you get to the very end of this cow Nephilim rift, you get to fight, of course, a rift guardian, and it is the Lord of Bells, not the Lord of Hell, the Lord of Bells big gold cow and you have to fight it and it's pretty interesting so I highly recommend if you happen to pop into a cow rift to just enjoy it like I do because it's just so goofy and fun and the puns the terrible wonderful puns from the cow king and all that are great so I did all that and that was probably the best fun I had playing Diablo 3 since last uh, time I recorded a show when I was done with the cow rift it put me at Paragon 41, which is quite a jump from 37. Instead of just getting one more at a time, I'm getting a couple more at a time. Sounds like it's going well. I'm hoping I'll be able to finish Chapter 4. So I got a green ring, and it turned out to be Restraint. Got that from the Nephilim Rift. And I had a green ring, but it was the Wailing Host, so they're from two different ring sets, so they weren't really compatible. And one of them didn't have a socket, one did, and you know, all that, so that's where that was. I gambled blood shards with Kadala, looking for a chest piece, and I got a legendary chest piece, Tyriel's Might. It increases Earthquake for Barbarians, and there's a bunch of other good stuff on there as well, so I was pretty pleased with that. I hardly ever get good things from Kadala, but when I do, it's like, oh my gosh, look at this, and I'm always happy about that. The Tyriel's Might chest piece was better than the Demon's Heart skin demon skin set chest piece thing that I was wearing so I got rid of that and then I found some rare pants that were better than the demon skin pants so at this point my barbarian is no longer wearing any of the demon skin set and that's as it should be because the set is like level 60 maybe might be 70 it's just lower than he needs as far as stats and things like that so it, it was good I recommend it if you're just starting out and you're able to craft it at the blacksmith because it does give you advantage with demons and help you level up a bit more. 
So I got one Greater Rift key from the Cow Nephilim Rift, just one, and I did Torment 9 on Master Difficulty, ended with 42 Paragon points, getting only one more since the Cow Rift. And that's where I stand right now. I'm going to continue tonight when I'm done recording and doing all the stuff with this, and and it'll be good. And we have a lot to talk about in Diablo News uh, right now. We have gotten the official word from Blizzard that Season 22, called Shades of the Nephilim, will begin on November 20. I'll put all the stuff in the show notes so you can get it, but there's, like, of course, a page on the Diablo website that explains all this stuff. And there's a new season theme. I'll just go through a little bit of the key points here. So I love the descriptors they give for a lot of the stuff they add. So this one says this. Nephilim, do you feel it? All around, the shadows of the past linger, waiting for an opportunity to channel their power once more and aid you against the minions of hell. Will you stand up to the challenge and accept the aid of these erstwhile spirits? The shades of the Nephilim await. So what this is referring to in-game is, during Season 22, if you activate a shrine or a pylon, it will spawn a Shadow Clone of your class. The clone's power will scale with your character and will last for one minute or, or until death. So you hit a pylon, you get a clone, it's the same class as your character, and it's going to be as strong as you are, and it will last for a total of one minute. Now, if you die before the one minute is over, you lose the Shadow Clone. You have to go hit another pylon or shrine. So in addition, the Kanai's Cube is having an update for Season 22. I do not expect it to last beyond Season 22, but instead of having three slots to put items in that you can, you know, you put them in the cube, you select the items you have in the cube, those go into one of three boxes. One is usually for armor, one for jewelry, and one for a weapon. And you can get whatever benefits those items have while using whatever items you want to be using. So you can use, like, a full set piece of whatever set your character is using. Maybe it's a freebie set, maybe it's one you like better. Whatever it is, you can use, like, a full green set and also get the benefit from these legendary things with the bonuses for those that don't know about that. Someone's always new to the game, that's why I explain these things. For Season 22, you get a fourth slot. It's just a, another slot. Like, you can see if you look at the you know, look at Kanai's Cube next time you get a chance. One's got, like, a sword in it, one's got, like, a chest piece, and one's got a ring. This fourth one has just a little star. And you can choose anything for that. It's not going to stack with powers from the other slots, but it'll still give you an extra bonus, basically, for running through the season. And I'm really excited to see how that works, because I think that extra bonus could be really helpful, and it'll be more reliable than the buffs from Season 21 that pop up randomly that you don't get to choose when they pop up or if there's enough monsters around to make it worthwhile. I enjoyed the buffs. I thought they were cool. I thought they were fun. I really liked the rainbow one, but I'm ready to move on to season 22 and see what this does with an extra slot in the Kanai's cube. As always, there will be cosmetic rewards and the uh, people who finish season 22 season journey, I think up through chapter four, you get the cosmetic set that, you get two cosmetic set pieces. It's the head and shoulders this time. And if you do three seasons in a row, you'll get the whole cosmetic set, and then you can transmog it however you want, whenever you want after that, assuming you have enough of the materials to do so. There will be a black soulstone themed portrait 
frame to earn, and there's a scholarly lore master pennant. All of these were first introduced in Season 10. I'm certain I have the transmog stuff. I'm certain I have the pennant. I'm not sure if I have the portrait, but I'll have to look and see. There's also They're also going to continue to provide the end of journey rewards, and this is one that was introduced in Season 17 with two cosmetic ones for those who complete the entirety of the season journey. So you can get, if you finish the entire season journey, everything, you get a Book of Cain pet and the Lost Civilization portrait frame. The Lost Civilization portrait frame looks kind of cool. It's got some vines on it and some wings on it, and it's, it's kind of neat. And the, <laughs> the Book of Cain pet is adorable. It's literally the Book of Cain. If you have one of these books in one of the physical books. It looks like that, but the design is shifted because the book is sideways. It's got little arms and little legs. It's wearing a little tunic. And it's got a backpack with a bunch of scrolls in it and a cane. And it's like the Book of Cain sort of personifying Cain himself. So that's, that's pretty cool, I think. It's goofy, but it's pretty cool. And I might try harder to just go get that one. So let's see, we've got some season journey rewards to go over. So what they are, I'll just go over them really quick. Guardian of Sanctuary, finish a level 70 Nephilim Rift on Torment 13. Gem of my life, level three legendary gems to level 55. All I do is win, complete two conquests this season. Life goes on, kill Magda at level 70 in under 15 seconds on Torment 13 difficulty. Money ain't a thing, slay greed on Torment 13 difficulty. Treasure goblins outside of Nephilim Rifts will sometimes open portals to Greed's Domain, the Vault. Take you there, letter U there, reach Greater Rift level 60 solo. Power Amplification, use Kanai's Cube to augment an ancient legendary item with a level 50 plus gem. And Cubic Reconfiguration, use Kanai's Cube to reforge a legendary item. Those are the Season Journey rewards. The Conquests, it's going to be Sprinter and Speed Racer. Complete Acts 1 through 4 at max level in under one hour. Boss mode and Worlds Apart are you to go fast while killing things, according to the notes here. On a good day and I can't stop are making a return if leveling your legendary gems is more your thing. And if you're keen to prove your mastery of various class sets, Years of War and Dynasty will be returning, along with the Masters of the Universe and the Masters of Sets. Best of luck. I gotta figure that's gotta be related to the set dungeons. I have completed some of them. Some of them I find fun, so maybe I'll try that. For Hadric's Gift, this is what you get if you complete Chapter 2, 3, and 4 of the Season Journey. In every season, you get a couple pieces at a time. So if you're playing a Barbarian, it's going to be Horde of the 90 Savages as the Hadrix Gift. I've never seen this one, I've never used this one, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Crusaders, it's Aegis of Valor. Demon Hunter is Gears of Dreadlands. The Monk, it's Patterns of Justice. Witch Doctor, Mundungu's Regalia. Wizard is Typhon's Veil. And the Necromancer is Masquerade of the Burning Carnival, which also looks really cool. So if I don't do a Barbarian, I might do a Necromancer, but I'm probably going to do the Barbarian, let's be honest. But I do love the Necromancer as well. And then there's some other stuff in here about uh, patch notes and items in general. There's some item changes. I think some of this has been gone over while they were doing the PTR. 
bug fixes and miscellaneous updates are in there as well. So you can check that out if you want the full details, but that's all I'm going to go into as far as this show. So now that there is a season 22 coming up, we have a tweet from Wolfcryer, who seems very excited about this. He says, Level with the Cause will be running our 12th charity event this month. Join us during the Diablo 3 Season 22 start as we raise money for Save the Children, November 20th through the 22nd. And you can visit Level with the Cause for more details. I'll put a link to his tweet into the show notes. He does this every season or nearly every season, so it's good to see him coming back for 22. And it's always good to have... I mean, he raises a lot of money for children you know, that need it for the Save the Children uh, that's the group they're doing this time around. I, th I think you might have done that one before. It's a good group. So if you want to participate in watching that and helping out, you can do that on uh, November 20. And I'm going to go a little bit into some podcasts that have released episodes, podcasts that talk about Diablo, at least in part or in, in, in its entirety. We have Hearthstone to Hell Episode 5 that was released a couple of days ago. I want to say November 2nd. Okay, that's more than a couple of days ago, but you get the idea. This week's been kind of a blur for a lot of us, I think. And the description of this podcast episode is Greed talks about his power outage and his Tesla test drive. Shazam talks about his week in gaming. They both talk about all the WoW and Diablo news of the week, including Shadowlands release date and Diablo 3 season 21's end date, which has been announced. I think it's tomorrow. I think it's the 8th. And Danctuary did a podcast on Twitch with Dainty, Leviathan, Nineball, Riker, and Tim from Cool Story Bro, and the topic was Stories of BlizzCon. So they've got that going on. The other thing I want to talk about regarding BlizzCon is there was a video released on November 2nd on the Blizzard Entertainment YouTube page called 2020 Blizzard Fireside Chat. And it's worth checking out if you haven't done so. I took some notes so I can kind of sum up some things quickly if, you, if you're not a YouTube kind of person and don't really want to watch. It was presented by President of Blizzard, J. Allen Brack. And it's the BlizzCon line is going to be online February 19th through 20. It's going to be free to watch and engage in. So that's awesome. It's not like the virtual ticket that some people had to purchase if they couldn't make it to BlizzCon in person in previous years. This is just for everybody. Just go watch it, check it out. There we are. They're going to be spotlighting community creativity in that. They also pointed out that over 95% of the global Blizzard workforce is working from home, and this is in reference to why they can't have a in-person BlizzCon. You know, there's still a COVID-19 pandemic going on, and I like that Blizzard is one of the companies that did let people work from home because that's a lot safer so that's good. There were a couple of Diablo things mentioned in this video. They said br very briefly they went over a lot of games. Diablo Immortal conducted the, their largest ever internal playtest. It was briefly they briefly mentioned Diablo 4, something about ideas they have for it, but no details on what those ideas are in this particular video. They showed some designs and a little bit of gameplay. And towards the end of it, I'm going to read to you what he said in case you haven't watched the video. It has to do with making a good game experience, and I'll just read it to you from here. So J. Allen Brack said, Part of having a good game experience is finding ways to ensure that all are welcome within the worlds, no matter their background or identity. Something we've spoken about publicly 
a little bit in the past is our machine learning system. It helps us verify player reports around offensive behavior and offensive language. The system has been in place in Overwatch and in Heroes of the Storm and allows us to issue appropriate penalties quicker and we've seen an incredible decrease not only in toxic text chat but an overall decrease in reoffense rates. A few months ago we expanded this system into World of Warcraft's public channels and we've already seen a decrease in the time disruptive players stick around by half and we're continuing to improve the speed and the accuracy of this system. In Overwatch we've recently increased the severity of penalties and have implemented improved profanity filter options giving you the player more control. You can choose three different levels of accepted language and you have the ability to customize those settings as well. These are small steps but they can add up to lasting change. Combating the offensive behaviors and encouraging inclusivity in all of our games and our workplaces will always be an ongoing effort for us. Games have been a home to many of us for many years and they as well as the community surrounding them are worth protecting. And he finished off the video with, until then, stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, be good to each other, this is the way. And that's how he did it. At the beginning of this video, he mentioned that he is an introvert. And he did this whole video, just him, on camera the whole time. He was obviously reading from something because I don't see how anyone would memorize all of that for a video. So it was smart to read it off. And he did well. He spoke well. And I love this part at the end here with what they're doing to make their games, as he puts it, less toxic for people, because we need that. We need that in this world. There's been a lot of situations online, on social media, in games, all this stuff where people are just really offensive for no good reason to each other, or they're being really hateful to each other. And it is important to stop that because I know, like, if I'm playing one of Blizzard's games, for example, and I glance at the chat and it's full of just abuse, I'm going to turn off the chat. And in some cases, I've been so sick of it that I've just opted out of the game for a while, hoping those people go away. You know, it's difficult for some of us to be in game and have to hear racial slurs, slurs against LGBTQ people. It doesn't do anything good. It just divides the gaming community more. And we don't need that. So I'm glad that Blizzard is cracking down on this stuff because it's going to make it more welcoming for people to play. The part about the Overwatch thing where you get to choose as a player how much swear words you'd like to hear. Now, me personally, I'm not offended by just swear words. It depends on how they're used. It can be a threat or it can just be somebody being frustrated. And so you get to choose as a player. Blizzard's not going to tell you we're going to block all the swear words and that's it. They're letting you choose how much you want to hear. And I think this is great because I know that there are kids that play Overwatch and parents that sit with their kids as their kid is playing Overwatch who probably don't want their kids to pick up all those swear words and nasty language. So I think it's good that Blizzard gives people that option to choose what they're comfortable with for whatever their situation may be. I think that's a really good thing. And that's probably all I have to say about that with the fireside chat. I'm pretty pleased about it. There was also uh, a policy update. Now this gets a little weird. I was looking for when my 
Diablo game decided to, instead of going full screen, to go the size of what you'd fit on a cell phone on my computer. When it did that, I started looking up in the Diablo forums to see if this was happening to anyone else. Is this a Mac thing? Is this something weird on my computer? What is it? Couldn't find any of that. What I did find, somebody posted what turned out to be a link to the World of Warcraft website under, I think it's under news, and it's titled Policy Update for Input Broadcasting Software, which is interesting. So it says, as World of Warcraft has evolved, our policies also evolved to support the health of the game and the needs of the players. We've examined the use of third-party input broadcasting software, which allows a single keystroke or action to be automatically mirrored to multiple game clients. And we've seen an increasingly negative impact to the game as this software is used to support botting and automated gameplay. The use of input broadcasting software that mirrors, key mirrors keystrokes to multiple WoW game clients will soon be considered an actionable offense. So let's be clear, this is the end of multiboxing in World of Warcraft. They don't want this done because the botters are using it. I think that's fair, but some people liked doing that and might miss it. To continue, Blizzard says, We believe this policy is in the best interest of the game and the community. We will soon begin issuing warnings to all players who are detected using input broadcasting software to mirror commands to multiple accounts at the same time, often used for multiboxing. So they did name it in this particular news piece. With these warnings, we intend to notify players that they should not use this software while playing World of Warcraft. Soon thereafter, the warnings will escalate to account actions, which can include suspension and, if necessary, permanent closure of the player's World of Warcraft account or accounts. Blizzard says, we strongly advise you to cease using this type of software immediately to maintain uninterrupted access to World of Warcraft. There are thousands of comments sitting on this page, which I'm not going to click on right now because I think I can guess what a lot of them are talking about. I'm sure people are mad about this. Blizzard has allowed multiboxing in the past, and there's several people that use it that aren't using it to be botters. They're not, you know, setting it up, letting their characters go, and letting a bot run it while they sleep for eight hours or whatever. So it's good that they're cracking down on, on that, but it is going to limit people that just like to have more than one character out at the same time and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of people that did this completely innocently without hurting anyone, without changing the game for anybody around them. So I think people will be sad, and I think botters are going to be mad about it, and they'll probably find an alternative at some point, as botters do. Now, the reason it was posted, I link to this thing I just read on the World of Warcraft news portion of the website. Why that was posted in the Diablo forums is somebody posted this there and extrapolated from this that they think that Blizzard is going to now, of course, crack down on Diablo 3 and some sort of multi-boxing type thing with that. I have no idea if anyone does multi-box Diablo 3. I know people have with World of Warcraft. That's not new. I don't know if people are doing this in Diablo, but it's possible whoever posted that there figured they are. Now I've heard people talk about, people that know the game 
in the past, you know, and I'm sure they still know the game now, but people have talked about how if you look at the top of the leaderboard sometimes, it certainly appears if you start digging into just what's publicly known and what you can see about other people's characters, you can see that this person was apparently playing for more than 24 hours straight. That indicates a botter. I don't know that they're multi-boxing it that way because I don't think you can get one character up the leaderboard on two different accounts, you know? But in any case, it could it could come to Diablo. If it does, I if, I expect that it, it will be done to try to decrease the amount of botting that happens. We know it happens. They know what happens. Once in a while they ban some people, but it could be that. But seriously, if you're playing World of Warcraft and you're thinking about multi-boxing for Shadowlands, maybe don't. Maybe save yourself some trouble. And that's where I'm going to end this show, which is probably a little longer than I intended it to be, but that's okay. You have been listening to episode 282 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today patreon.com slash soulstone. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as on the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com. We love Twitter. Come and join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at ShatteredStone, and my Twitter is AnkaMav. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at Shattered Soulstone, over 281 episodes for your listening pleasure. Dawn Forge! Woo! This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.